WCHD3 Detroit, KMPS HD3 Seattle, WBMX HD3 Boston, and on AOL Radio and Yahoo Launchcast. Psychic Radio is now CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call now 248 545 Soul. New SkyRadio.com. Why do so many paranormal events take place around 3 o'clock in the morning? What it is known as the Devil's Hour and why? Hey there, and welcome to the 462nd edition of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. I'm Ben, and those thought-provoking questions came from my co-host and partner in the paranormal, my dad. So this evening, we bring you an open-line show on the intriguing question of 3 a.m., and we hope you'll call in. Our number this evening is 248-545-7685. Again, that's 248-545-7685. This question of 3 a.m. is something I've run into since I began my paranormal research about 1970. And I have some ideas on what the cause might be, but let's hear your own stories. And while we um, wait to do that, I just wanted to read something from our good friend Larry Lowe, who is a well-known Arizona journalist and independent researcher who's been on the show before with a specialty in UFOs. And this is from Larry. A couple of years ago, I began looking into the correlation between 13, I should say 1330 local sigerial time and PSI results, PSI is sometimes pronounced PSI, the Greek letter, or psi, which is a uh, shorthand term for paranormal phenomena, psychic phenomena. Or pounds per square inch. Or pounds per square inch. There was a huge spike in the success rate of psi experiment results when you plot them against LST, that's local sidereal time. Sidereal has to do with uh, essentially stars, so it's it's an astronomical term. Larry's into that too. And Larry continues... That time drifts around the local clock time at the rate of something like four minutes per day. I set up an experiment for that time using techniques I learned from my shaman training. Got an impressive result. For about a half hour, 45 minutes, my consciousness shifted, and I could perceive some kind of glowing energy coming from everything. It was as if I was looking at reality with a Photoshop glow filter applied. I'll let Ben continue. Alrighty, so uh, that said, around 3 a.m., or 3 a.m. is uh, known to be a very good time to witness a UFO on a field skywatch. So I uh, don't have anything specific to your uh, request uh, to call in, but I thought I'd share that with you. And you might want to look into LST and plot your own experiences against it and see if you see a correlation. And he said, I think that is, he's like, I think it is a clue. Well, I think perhaps it is too. Uh, I'm going to reserve my own uh, opinions on this, and I think there are reasons why this sort of occurs at that hour of the morning or thereabouts, because I've read into it many times in my in my cases over the years. I remember particularly in the, the Bridgeport house in Bridgeport, Connecticut in 1974 when I was working with the Warrens on a rather uh, upsetting poltergeist case that we've talked about many times on the air. We were in that house for the better part of three days, and uh, around 3 a.m., activity would pick up. It would come and go, because that's how this 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 uh, stuff seems to work. And uh, things happen, of course, in the presence of police officers and reporters and naturally ourselves and the family. And uh, it did seem to be a significant time. Many other cases, uh, they seem to have... Uh, there seemed to have been activity around that time. And it's not limited to ghost and poltergeist situations. As Larry points out, UFOs very often are seen at that time. It is considered a very good time to go out and look at 
the sky if you're looking for that sort of thing. And it's not limited to 3 o'clock, but of course 1 to, 1 to 4 a.m. Uh, does tend to, uh, to be an active time. Now, of course, there are a number of questions that arise with this. Um, what about time shift? Uh, not time shifts. We have that, that's a different thing. No, time, no, no, zone. time zones. What do you think, Ben? Oh, at approximately two a.m. in Mountain Time, that's when things get weird. No, it's 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 uh, I don't know. I feel like I've thought about this too, actually, because but you know the moon does a lot of strange things to the Earth, like with tidal uh, tidal uh, pulls and such. Sure. So hey, maybe that has something to do with it. Well, maybe you know. Uh... The uh, whole time zone thing, again, when it's 3 a.m. here, it's only midnight on the West Coast and 8 in the morning in the U.K. Yeah, but does that make things, does that make things different over there? Not really. I think it has to do – personally, well, all right, I'll begin to, to sort of express my own ideas about this. The um, – I suppose the whole situation has a lot to do with Earth energies. That's what the popular – uh, notion uh, of it is in the popular term, but what's really happening to uh, is there really are Earth rhythms, and science has recognized this for some time. Um, I tend to think it may have something to do with the uh, the uh, telluric uh, elect- electric flow, which we'll talk more about later, or, or geopathic stress. Again, something most people might not be familiar with. However, again, this is this is a significant time uh, in the. Uh, uh, day seemingly, and certainly in the in the film that we're we're, we're assisting with a documentary uh, that's going to accompany the Warner Brothers film, The Conjuring, which is about to be released. Uh, July nineteenth is the day, and we're going to um, talk about this particular event. And we've got particularly three oh seven a.m. in the morning is of relevance in this film, and you have to see the picture in order to uh, to see what we're talking about here. But we do have a caller, and we have Donna from Connecticut. Hi, Donna. Welcome to Behind the Paranormal. Hi, Paul. How are you doing? Very good. Thank you. So what's happened to you around 3 a.m.? Well, as you know, I've uh, lived in this house for 63 years. I hate to admit it. <laughs> but, well, this um, is a case, Donna, well, I'm, com- I'm catching up. This is a case that Ben and I have been working on. Donna is a, is a good friend, a show reporter, and uh, also a distant cousin, we found out. But her case is very interesting. I'm sorry. Continue, Donna. Um, well, I had, as you know, I have a journal. I started it in 1969, and I had gone through some of the entries um, to discuss, if you wanted to, about things that had happened um, about that time um, in the house, um, you know, over the years and most recently and everything. Um, sure. Pardon? No, go right ahead. Oh, no. Um, well, around that time of night, we had the... Um, the, uh, that elongated figure that was uh, standing in our bathroom one night, um, it was very, very tall. It didn't look like it could fit into the area, but it, it did. Um, it was a very dark figure with extremely long arms, long neck, long body. Um, didn't see any. It was almost alien-looking. Um, and it was standing, it was an apparition because it was standing where the vanity was in the bathroom, so physically it couldn't have been standing there, but it was. Mm-hmm. Um that that's one of the things that we had um in the middle of the night here um we also had uh the experience where i had woken up one night about that time and my right arm was pinned to the bed and i physically could not get my arm off the bed um my husband was sleeping and i i tried moving my my left arm over to him to try to you know wake him up or something and i felt just felt like i was completely paralyzed i couldn't i couldn't and all of a sudden it just it held me for quite a while and then it suddenly released my arm um 
we had that, and um, we also had the sh- the very short dwarfish um, type. I say a person, I don't know, but it had la- almost like little pointed ears that looked like a little boy that was spending quite a bit of time in our upstairs hall. And we would actually hear something coming through the hall, and um, we'd wake up, and you could hear like a, like almost like they opened the door creaking, and it would like one hand or whatever it was around the side of the door frame and it would like put its head in and look and draw its head back out and then just keep going down the hall in the other direction. Um, well, well, th- th- just a little background on Donna's case. I don't know if Ben wants to comment on this because he's been uh, with me on this from, from the beginning. The approach we take to the paranormal, as any regular listener knows, is that we have going on here uh, not uh, some sort of spiritual event but we have a multiversal event. We have actual life forms, which in a place like hers, you have worlds that are literally parallel worlds with parallel inhabitants literally blending. And that's why you can see from some of the photographs in her house, different rooms appearing in the same photograph or different versions of the same room, all sorts of different life forms. And in our belief, and what you're describing, Donna, I think in the bathroom, is probably one of the entities we encountered at your uh, house at one time, and that was what we refer to as, or Ben has always called them the clerics, a rather benign, very tall figures uh, who, uh, in your case, I think, believe, are sort of aware of your situation of, of sort of a multiversal confusion, you know, trying to help. <laughs> so, uh, so that's essentially what's happening in your place. And, of course, we have encountered the UFO situation. It started with ghosts in 05 and has ended up with UFOs and sightings all over town and all sorts of interesting things going on in this area of central Connecticut. And we will continue to work on that. So, uh, <clears throat> Donna, one, <clears throat> excuse me, thank you for calling in. And uh, we'll be talking to you soon. Okay, Paul. Talk to you soon. Thank you. Very good. Uh, we have another caller here this evening, a Kyle from Arizona. Or is it is it Hello? Kyle Dayton from Arizona? Hi. Hi, how are you? Oh, I'm doing great. Um, how are you guys? Oh, welcome to the wunderbar, show. Wunderbar, wunderbar. Hey, yeah. thank so, you very uh, much. It's always a pleasure to talk to both of you. Very good. Um, Indeed, uh, thank uh, you. Have you got something to add about our, our subject tonight? Actually, I do. I have an experience that happened. I was taking um, ghost cam pictures on the Willard Library ghost cam, and that's an old Victorian house built in the late 1800s that became a library. It's in Evansville, Indiana, and it's a hotbed of paranormal research, and they have a few ghost cams set up, and um, their images refresh every about every 30 seconds or so. So this was right around, it was either the morning of Halloween night or the next night, and it was somewhere around 2 o'clock. I don't remember exactly, but I looked, and I, there's this little being or something in the corner, so I start snapping pictures, and then I took about every 20 or 30 seconds, I would take a new photo when it refreshed, and her image changed. You could see it in the pixelation, but everything around her stayed the same, and this little being, she looked to be about, oh, oh, I should say that the, the, the place is famous for what's called the Lady in Gray, who could possibly be a daughter of the original uh, homeowners there, or uh, nobody knows, yeah, but it's just there, it's there's the been so many yeah. countless photos captured. Of, I'm sorry, did you say something? Oh no, I'm saying no. That's the oh, usual classical uh-huh, interpretation. I'm sorry. Did, did this figure look human to you? Well, actually, her she looked to be about the size of maybe the height of maybe a nine or ten year old girl. Um, 
thin, looked like really white hair. I could see her maybe about, oh, I don't know, maybe 15 or 20 feet away. And she okay. was like standing in, the, and she had her hands in front of her. But the weird thing about her was her face. She had these two black eye holes where her eyes should have been, and they were about the size of golf balls on her face. But Interesting. Kyle, I'm going to have there, to stop you there, I'm afraid, I'm because we have a break coming up. up. But if, you, if you'll hold on, uh, we'll be uh-huh. right back after our break. You're listening to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno on CBS New Sky Radio. Stick with us. We'll be right back. Enlighten. Empower. Enrich. This is CBS Radio's The New Sky. New Horizons. No boundaries. Spend all your time waiting for that second chance for a break that would make it okay. There's always some reason to feel not good enough. And it's hard at the end of the day. I need some distraction. Psychic Radio is now CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call now. 248-545-SOUL. New SkyRadio.com. Believe. 
Well, welcome back to Behind the Paranormal. Our subject this evening is what is known as the Devil's Hour, and we are talking about things that happen on or about the hour of 3 a.m., paranormally speaking. And we're speaking with Kyle from Arizona, who has been uh, telling us some very interesting things. And Kyle, you were describing a figure uh, that appeared in the corner about this time uh, of, of a particular site, so please continue. Okay, well, thank you very much. Yeah, as I was saying, her she she looked to be about maybe um, a little under five feet tall or so, and thin. I could see her from a distance of maybe fifteen or twenty feet. She looked like to have white hair pulled in pigtails, but her eyes were very strange. They looked like two black, like golf ball sized eye sockets. That's what I saw. And she had her hands folded in front of her. She looked like she was wearing a knee length skirt, which definitely is not a Victorian era, but. You know, it looked like dark tights, and as she stood there, I, I got this really chilling sense that this was real time. This was real time for what I would say her, and she knew she was getting her picture taken. And it was strange how the, each of the photographs that I took when the camera refreshed, would um, they would show the, a change in her image, like fading out like smoke. And she had kind of maybe a, a shimmery energy around her, how she was gradually fading out over those several photos. When I, I submitted one of the photos to, um, you know, Coast to Coast AM radio, and they put it on their photo of the day way back when, so they could see her. But it was very, very strange. It was like hmm. a real-time thing. And, mm-hmm. but, um, if, ben, do you have any comment had, on that? Because there are a couple of things that ring a bell here. I'll let oh. you handle this. <laughs> right. Well, the shimmery thing is very interesting. Uh, there was an an incident um, it, it took place during the day and also at, at this hour of the night in the vicinity of the uh, main cemetery in Rehoboth, Massachusetts. Some years ago, uh, our good friend Chip Robinson, who was uh, an author of books on local New England ghosts and things of this kind, uh, documented this and interviewed people about it. And people would report a shimmery figure who was aware of them. And, of course, in our opinion, uh, this was not a dead person or a ghost. We don't really approach it that way. But someone in a, a parallel reality, and because there are boundaries between these worlds that are formed by electromagnetic energy and, and plasma, you see them in a shimmery way. There's a famous ghost, uh, Kyle, I don't know if you know about this, but in Newport, Rhode Island here, uh, <clears throat> near where we live, who was uh, killed in a fire and, and was supposedly, and was seen uh, for many years uh, in what appeared to be a glow or people would interpret it as a burning figure. And uh, this is rather common, and I think it's, it's accounted for by the uh, plasmic boundaries between worlds. And so, I don't know, but what say, what do you think this was? Well, you know, I think it's, a lot of it has to do with, we, I, I believe that, that there are certain energies that combine with the unseen energies, and then they make them a reality, or they make them a physical, tangible thing. I mean, that's the one thing I like about with the photos and the Internet and people capturing their video but, um, you know, I just forgot what it was going to say there, make the point. That's um, all right. I'm getting to that age myself. Oh, what, what, what about right. the, the, the hour? Uh, why, why 3 a.m. or thereabouts, do you think? Well, I have a, a personal opinion as to in my area, you know, a lot of the electrical things going on are asleep at that time. The world is asleep in your side of the planet, most people, and the, and the electrical usage is down, so it doesn't interfere with the electricity and natural electricity and certain things that maybe Tesla and those people were, were, were um, dealing with. Yeah, I, um, I think you might and, be right. You might be right about and, that. Oh, I'm uh, sorry. Uh, didn't, you were breaking up, but I wanted to... I'm sorry. Go ahead. I wanted to make one more point to it. Oh, please. Go ahead. Done. 
Oh, okay. That's fine. Well, you know, you know, as I'm sorry, you're breaking up. I, we're coming from a storm here, so I think maybe my phone's breaking up. Oh, man. yeah, that could do it. Yeah, but you were right. I think I agree with you. Know, there's there are things where certain paranormal and paranormal things happen in which the media and a lot of the general skeptics don't like to touch because it would prove the existence of uh, you know the the tangibility of what's called the unseen world. Well, it would just completely change everything. Really, you'd have to change your definitions for everything. I'm sorry. Yeah, it would. Well, Kyle, uh, we'll let you enjoy your storm, and thank you very much. Your, your opinions are always valuable. We'll talk to you soon. Indeed. Oh, thank you. Take care. Okay. You too. <clears throat> and the whole idea of earth rhythms, Ben, you know, that, that's been brought up for many, many like, years. Like ley lines and yeah, such? Lay li- well, there are ley lines. and uh, the, Since really the 1860s, there has been uh, scientific, mainstream scientific knowledge of, of these, these telluric currents. These, uh, there, there's a certain interaction between the Earth's magnetic field and the surface of the ground and the surface of the water, and this stuff uh, seems to be a result of it. And I think people sort of took it and ran with it, and we ended up with a whole ley line theory, which most people interested in this subject believe in. Uh, I reserve judgment on it, probably because I don't know an awful lot about it. Mm. What do you think about it? you think... Well, I mean, a lot of things could affect electromagnetics all over the place. I mean, it doesn't necessarily have to be special lines in the Earth that are geographically put there so that strange things would happen. I mean, well, it's no, like... No. like a, cert- net, a net of energy. Yeah, well, I mean, cert- well, you get stuff like the electromagnetic fields, which comes from rays from the sun, which gets taken into our atmosphere and thus creates electromagnetic currents. That's how like natu- that's how it's naturally done. From what I remember from my astronomy class, it could be all convoluted and I'm probably just oversimplifying it, but that's why I have things like Aurora, Aurora Borealis and such. Mm. But with this ley line thing, I mean there's a lot of other reasons for it. I mean, for example, quartz veins, usually stuff around quartz veins are kind of weird and such, like our backyard, <laughs> for example. <Yes. laughs> and there's there I mean, I don't know. I, we don't really know that much of, I don't know much about it, so I can't really have too big of an opinion to say whether I believe in it or not. Do you remember? I think it was really the first I, 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 case I ever took you on, and it was against my better judgment, but I was assured by the owners of the property. It was an herb farm in Connecticut. I was assured that everything was very benign and there was nothing, you know, really bad there. And you were what, eight? I was eight or nine, something like that. Eight or like nine, and, and two of the two two of your friends came neighbor with kids. us. Neighbor kids came with us. And uh, it's funny, you really started to reveal your abilities at that time. You said I that, chose to reveal them then. Yes, you uh, chose to reveal your true identity. And you said, Dad, there are going to be UFOs involved with this case. And she was complaining about, not complaining, but, but saying you should come down and see this stuff, you know, ghosts primarily. <laughs> Complains about it. And I said, uh, well, what are you talking about, Ben, UFO? And I hadn't made the connection at that time. And sure enough, we get down there, and one of the first things she told us was that UFOs were involved and that there was a big ley line. Through uh, that property, and that funny things would would happen, especially if I recall. I don't. If morning. I recall well enough, there was this one part of the yard that was like off color, and it was like strangely colored, and there was like a depression in it. She's like, "Oh yeah, UFOs landed there." Yeah, I yeah. remember that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and uh, there was there was. Uh, I remember that that they had built a tower, a stone tower, and as I say, this was an herb farm open to the public, a tower, and, and you could go stand in that spot. And uh, all sorts of interesting things would happen, even consciousness shifts mm. at times. And I myself had uh, 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 something at that time that I was uh, healed from. Uh, from that, it wasn't anything super, but I mean, I, I never had the trouble again. 
And it's, it was quite remarkable, quite remarkable indeed. And she said it was a ley line involved. And so it's along these ley lines, supposedly, which again, I reserve judgment about, but that, that you have all sorts of interesting phenomena, uh, seemingly particularly at this hour of the morning, 3, 3.07, 3.30, 2.30. And again, perhaps because people are, the human mind is more quiet in whatever, in whatever time zone that might be. And the energies are flowing, <clears throat> as we'll talk about uh, shortly, uh, the telluric current. So we'll see if that has anything to do with it, maybe nothing. Another thing to bear in mind, too, and Ben will back me up on this, is that things don't just happen in the paranormal. People who perceive it bring something to the experience. So uh, as a result, uh, you know, we, we seem to have, uh, for example, these poltergeist phenomena, negative things that happen. And uh, people provide the food, literally, for the what we refer to as parasites. Folklore calls them demons, parasites that that feed upon these things. And these are these are uh, multiversal creatures. Uh, I think they're quite physical. I've had physical encounters with them in cases, and uh, they feed upon this. People will bring also <clears throat> their own perceptions, their own interpretations, and as a result, you have aha. This is a spirit of somebody who died. Even if you know you can't see really what the person looks like, or you, or if you're out in your backyard and you'll see the same thing with a disc hovering over, aha, it's an alien. So we bring our own interpretations and our own energies to these events, and, but I think earth rhythms provide the rest of the equation. Uh, the three o'clock hour is a very common time for sleep paralysis. Mm. And sleep disorders are a very interesting subject, which indeed they are. Several of our acquaintances and associates have gotten involved with. It's also a time for different sorts of brain activity, and the whole theta wave business is interesting. Many good things, it should be pointed out, also happen at that hour. Like that, what? I never hear anything good happening around that hour. Okay, the and you're into meditation, as am I. Um, the uh, Brahma Muhurat, and I, it, it, that's what that hour is, that time of the night is generally called. Uh, it's an ideal time for meditation uh, for people who practice that discipline. Mm. Uh, 1.5 hours generally before sunrise. So I think that, that that's uh, a good thing too. There have been a number of visitation apparitions. And if you believe that that is what it appears to be, and nothing of the paranormal is. However, there are, have been positive apparitions that have occurred around that time. People will wake up at 3 o'clock, say, or thereabouts, and see a loved one who is uh, perhaps about to translate and or, or died, as the common parlance has, has, uh, has to put it. And a person is about to translate and just wants to reassure you that they are fine. Now, this could be a dream experience or whatever, but people really, really stress... The amazing, what's to say uh, dreams aren't real? Well, precisely. Yeah, or, or reflections of parallel realities in which we're really living. I can tell you some stories. Oh, almost every day we share our you know, the dreams yeah. that we've had, and sometimes we have literally shared the same dreams. Not yeah. lately. No, not, yeah, yeah, not for not for a while. It's been a while. Yeah. Of course, that's because I'm not sleeping on the couch above, above where you sleep. That's true. Well, well, Ben, uh, Ben and I uh, tend to move in different realms in the multiverse. Uh, his, and in different his, rooms. Different, gifts, <laughs> different rooms as well. So the issue of that is is quite something. I think very often, as you, as you mentioned, the place, the experiences that occur at that time, or whether they occur at that time of the of the night, uh, have to do with place. And I think, as as we mentioned with Kyle from Arizona, that the energies involved are uh, electrical, perhaps in nature, and have to do with the rhythms of the earth. So we will see 
how that occurs in different places. I mean, there, so that, that was, you know, like Ben, I, I was thinking the other day, for everyone who has an experience, for every 10 people who have an exper paranormal experience at 3 a.m., there are probably you know, 10,000 people in the same area who don't. Oh, yeah. You know? Now, I, a lot of people simply tend to wake up at 3 in the morning. I tend to wake up at 3 in the morning, but at my age, it's generally attributable to some biological imperative. I won't discuss in any detail, but uh, generally it, 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 uh, can't, it has been thought to also be a time for paranormal activity. So um, I've had some weird stuff happen to me, too. So you well, know. Like, well, like what? Well, every so in the summertime, it's very unbearable to sleep in my room. Yeah, there's no there's no air conditioning upstairs in our house, right? Yeah, so I have to sleep in in the the uh, ground floor, while on the couch where there's air conditioning, and every so often I'd get waken up around two or three in the morning with tapping on the window. Oh, and, right. Yeah, and it, it would keep me up for hours, so I'd have to watch TV to fall asleep so it wouldn't annoy me. Like That's a whole different story, which maybe we'll have time to get yeah, into. Yeah, we'll get into it in the next, after the next uh, the, the next break, because yes. we, we have about one minute till the break comes up. Right, so. so we'll say the break is just about now. And you're listening to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno on CBS News Sky Radio. And our topic this evening is The Devil's Hour, or 3 a.m., time of great paranormal activity, as it is called. So, call in again after the break, and we'll see you then. CBS Radio The Sky and NewSkyRadio.com are presented only for entertainment purposes and will not be liable or accept liability for any loss or damage of whatever nature which may result from advice or information offered.
Psychic Radio is now CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call now. 248-545-SOUL. New SkyRadio.com. Welcome back to Behind the Paranormal. And our subject this evening is the Devil's Hour. The hour around 3 a.m. and thereabouts where strange things are reputed to happen and that uh, both Ben and I have experienced. So we'll leave Ben's window tapping experience for just a moment. To take window a call, tapping? To take a call from Eddie from Connecticut. Eddie, welcome to Behind the Paranormal. How you, how you guys doing? No, not too bad. Yourself? Well, good, good, good. Um, I just wanted to throw my two cents into this um, because I have had a lot of paranormal activities all through my whole entire life. I live in Connecticut pretty much all my life, half of my life, and Connecticut is just pretty much a hot spot of paranormal activities everywhere. Tell us about it. Um, but recently, I got into the business of uh, what you guys were talking about earlier, quantum possibilities and reality and just shifting realities. And what I've noticed, and I do have a the business that I completely involve myself into, that when, when someone expects things to happen, that becomes their personal reality. My, somebody might see it as different, but I think that if you go to a place, expect to be haunted, that pretty much shapes exactly what's going to happen next. Um, but I still believe that some people are just in tune to be more um, they're sensitive to the environment. Their brains are wired different. So they, they tend to pick up on what you guys call um, residual energy. Um, you know, outcome passed over and over again. But I just think that if someone ex- asks a question, expecting an answer on a tape recorder, 99% of the time they're going to get a response because they're expecting a response from anything they are asking a question from. You know? Well, you know, Eddie, and, and I think, Ben, uh, that Eddie has really put his finger on, on some things that are right on the cutting edge of, or should be of, of current paranormal mm. research, and that is. Again, what, as we say, what people bring to the event is if, what if they, it is yeah. a legitimate paranormal event, you know, yeah, is what that, they get out of it. Well, that that's mm-hmm. it. And when you expect, I think, and and that does get into quantum reality. I think when you expect something, it, it tends to occur in some form. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, and, and I think that's I true. Think that by you breathing into that possibility that there could be something paranormal there, because you know you, there's so many people there, and the reason why you're there in a physical form in that place is because there's other people telling you and so the more you know the more energy you intensify to the environment that you become like an antenna to whatever it is there in the beginning so i think that has a lot to do with it more to it well that that's true uh what that's why what i have always looked for over the years is multiple witnesses and multiple people having the same experience such as in that bridgeport house with me standing there with the cops and watching the refrigerator float around the room, things like that, because uh, because that that sort of goes beyond the the subjective aspect of it. However, I still think that that that, that you have a very good point. Um, as you say, so have, what is has has happened to you, especially around the middle of the night, as we're discussing? Is there anything you'd like to share with us about that? Oh, I mean, I, like I said, you know, Connecticut. I live in Vernon, Connecticut, which the zip code is zero six six six. Um, 3 o'clock in the morning, 4 o'clock in the morning, 3.30, right. 3.45, around that time. The energy, for some reason, is so intense that when you wake up at night to get some water or something, you feel the energy, for some reason, more alive, if you will. And maybe yeah. your, your, your listeners can concur with this, that 
the hour, like you say, it, it could be considered to be the devil's hour, but I have considered, I mean, I have witnesses, shadows. I have considered um, moving from place to place, you know, until I recently became knowledge with this information that there's a possibility that because someone told me those information, I was experiencing. Now, I'm not saying that that happens all the time, but since I now know that knowledge, that I can use that, nothing has ever happened to me past that point. You know, That's and I have been up at two o'clock in the morning, three o'clock in the morning, um, not waiting for something to happen, obviously. But it, it, it's, I kind of eliminate any possibility that I can get scared of something that I don't see, and it, it's never happened before. You know, and I just, I just think that your viewers can take comfort in that if they are scared in in their house and they're having experiencing at three o'clock in the morning, they should just not wait for it to happen if it happens to them. Um, you know, so it's just it's just an idea that you know you, you know you guys can pass on to your listeners that they are afraid of their own house and and that's something that you know they they're scared of. They, it might I not be something physically there or 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 a energy there from a previous owner. It could just be their own their own energy manifesting exactly what their fear is 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 is, is, is manifesting in their own mind. Well, I agree with that up to a point, Eddie. Uh, the only thing is, uh, there certainly is something, I guess, this residual thing. Ironically, I was one of the early advocates of that, uh, you know, pretty early on, many decades ago. But the problem with that, I found, was that it wasn't quite good enough. Residual haunting is a big thing in paranormal research. Uh, however, I, I much, uh, I'm, I'm much more in favor of the idea that these are the actual people in parallel worlds where they never died, or they're, or they're, they're, you may be seeing them as someone they're not. You know, again, bringing your own interpretation. But again, there's really no way to tell. Now, it's a small world because it's funny. You live in Vernon. I used to live in Ellington, right, pretty much right next door, by right by Shinipset Lake, which is a very interesting area. And I would wake up when I first moved into that house, and this this is back in the '70s. I was out of grad, just out of grad school, and didn't have a thing, you know, pot to put flowers in. And I was living in this little house by the lake there, which is I hope was probably still there. And around three in the morning for the first week that I lived there. I woke up and I lived by myself. I heard footsteps coming up my stairs. And very, very clearly. And again, when you're in the sleep state, as you know, or near it, it you, you can start to hear things. But this was very consistent. And um, I had the house blessed and it never heard it again. So whatever that was, I don't know. But anyway, anyway thank you for calling. A very interesting call. And uh, good luck to you. We'll uh, call in some other time about anything you'd like. Okay. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Very good. Okay. Eddie from Vernon, Connecticut. Okay. So uh, there's another thing I think uh, maybe Ben and I would like to discuss. And, and uh, you got 3 a.m. I think one of the reasons for it being called the Devil's Hour is because so many deaths take place between 3 and 5 a.m. And having worked in hospitals, most, albeit psychiatric hospitals, as a grad student, uh, I noticed that occurring that was a very active time in, in in that sort of negative sense of the term and now a study was conducted as to why more deaths occur early in the morning like that uh, just before sunrise uh, compared with any hour other hours of the day or night and it was discovered that our bodies and our immune systems are actually more vulnerable between those times really yeah yeah I was going to ask if you got into this I was just gonna say really yeah huh, I didn't know uh, that well for example if a very sick patient had a terminal illness, uh, they would usually uh, translate early in the morning when their body was at its weakest point. And that, I think, is the point that 
the, the bodily functions do seem to be at the weakest point uh, at about uh, that time of the morning. So whether that's part of it, I don't well, know. Well, I mean, is that when you're, like, sleeping or if, if you're awake? Even if you're sleeping. He knows when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. Uh, so Santa Claus is death. Well, I, no, I would not go that far. I'm mean, <laughs> a controversial guy, but uh, I, I was like, yeah. But uh, I think the same explanation might apply to any person who got into a serious car accident. Uh, they may survive the accident if it happened during the day. And this is, I, I don't know really why, maybe, maybe rescue people get there more quickly. Um, well, a lot of, if you notice, a lot of fires and stuff happen, like, in the wee hours of the morning as well. Mm, yeah. Yeah, a lot, a lot of uh, things like that. Uh, particularly in an old New England city like Woonsocket, Rhode Island, where we live, uh, there are a lot of fires, old wooden buildings and all this kind of thing. And they do seem to occur at that time. Uh, I, you know, from a practical standpoint, and people, especially in the winter, will have uh, space heaters going and things like this, and, and that's asking for trouble in an old house. But nevertheless, who knows? Uh, but anyway, the human being, the human body, I should say, is strongest at certain times of the hours during the day. And if uh, people are lucky, uh, their body can fight to stay alive, even from a traffic accident that is survivable. Uh, but if uh, it's early in the morning, very early in the, in the morning, like Diana, Princess of Wales who died hours later in the hospital at 4 a.m. after her terrible accident in mm. France, uh, the survival chance does tend to, be, uh, tend to be minimal. There's also the melatonin explanation. And ah, yes, one of the two chemicals in your brain, melatonin and serotonin. Right. Deals with sleep. But they don't know how it deals with sleep, but it deals with sleep. Well, that's, that's the thing. People don't know the explanations for something. Well, there's some, something that has to do with the serotonin levels and the melatonin levels. They go up as the day goes on, and when you sleep, they go down. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, okay. that's, what, that's what I learned in my intro to say. <laughs> that's what I learned in my intro to psychology class. Well, if you talk to, to firefighters and police, they'll very often tell you that that's the around the hour of the morning when they're called most frequently. And um, I suppose some people have been drinking all night. That might be the reason. But it's True. also believed that we might be having access to our... Um, Especially if the moon's full. You know, people say that's not true, but you know, in in psychiatric wards many years ago as a student, as I said, well, uh, I the, saw the, the, the patients would really be... Well, there was also Ed Gein, the guy that inspired the story of Psycho. Like, if, after like he went to like an insane asylum, every time there was a full moon, he was always silent, but when there was a full moon, he'd stand up and just start talking. He'd, really? he'd, he'd just talk about stuff that popped into his head then when the full moon went away he'd just sit back down and not talk again till another full moon you know all i can think of is maybe a connection here between a subject we, we discussed on the show recently which was people going into certain areas particularly ufo areas and having experiences of of an increased intellect increased awareness even knowledge they never had before which is also something i ran into in possession cases uh, particularly when I was working with uh, people like Ed and Lorraine Warren or with certain priests uh, many years ago, uh, these people would have knowledge that there's really no way or speak languages that they had no way of really knowing. But is it that people's beliefs that these things affect them really make it affect them? I think that's part of it, as Eddie pointed as out. As Eddie pointed out, that was a very astute observation. Yes, we, so. we didn't even get to that yet. No, but, and we bring these things to the to these experiences. Yeah, I mean that was like my theory for why there's nothing but there, there's no climate but weather in New England. People believe it's summer, therefore it's summer. I think there's a lot to do with it. We influence the environment in that way. We influence the. That's just my theory. You see. Yeah. Well, again, and that is that is um, aided by the fact that in certain areas at certain times of the day, such as the so-called Devil's Hour, the uh, the forces of different worlds can combine mm. more easily. 
and therefore we can. They do. There could be the 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 sense that we're influencing or something is influencing space and time. So but in any case, we are up for another break. Indeed it is time. And that's it. So we are listening to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. We're talking about the Devil's Hour. We'll be right back on CBS New Sky Radio. Stick with us. Enlighten. Empower. Enrich. This is CBS Radio's The New Sky. New Horizons. No Boundaries. time of year Somewhere far away from here I feel fine enough I guess Considering everything's a mess There's a restaurant down the street Where hungry people like to eat I could walk, but I'll just drive It's colder than it looks outside It's like the dream you try to remember, but it's gone Then you're trying to scream, but it only comes out as young When you're trying to see the one beyond your front door Take your times away, I'm gonna make you smile When you realize that a guy by side might take a while Just to try to figure out what all this is for It's the perfect time of day To throw all your cares away Put the sprinkler on the lawn And run through with my gym shorts on Take a drink right from the hose And change into some drier clothes Climb the stairs up to my room Sleep away the afternoon Like the dream you're trying to remember but it's gone Then you try to scream but it only comes out as a yawn When you try to see the world beyond your front door Take your time to wait out on you smile When you realize it got my side might take a while Just to try to figure out what all this is for Try to figure out what all this is for Try to see the one beyond your front door Try to figure out what all this is for Psychic Radio is now CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call now. 248-545-SOUL. 
Welcome back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno, and we are talking of that mystical, magical, wonderfully terrifying hour, 3 a.m. The devil's hour. Indeed, except it's more like the devil's four hours, because it goes from one till about 4 a.m. or 5. I can, yeah, so that's what I've seen. Well, you know, we've been talking about, po- we had people call in with their experiences, talked about possible explanations, chemical, rhythmic, earth rhythmic, and otherwise. And th- there's another uh, explanation, and uh, this is, uh, being a double seminary graduate, I can assure you this is not official theology, but in pop Christian tradition, the Devil's Hour mocks the death of Christ, which took place at 3 p.m., according to the Bible. And, of course, the Devil's Hour being 3 a.m. So th- that that's one of the, I don't know, I suppose the... Uh, one of one of the one of the ideas for yeah. where the name came from. Now, some people have written that on Facebook, and we have um, Donna uh, yes. points out if you'd like to read that. All right, and she says um, it is any time one can experience a paranormal event. That is what I have found. Well, that's what we've found too. Any time too, but this does seem to be, uh, I suppose, uh, an increase in experiences of phenomena at this time. Maybe because the brain is is in that mode. Uh, when you are between sleep and waking, uh, you are very susceptible to, to uh, stimuli from multiverses, you know, from the multiverse. Oh, yeah, we, we barely yeah. got into sleep paralysis. Yeah, we did. Well, what, well we barely got into it, as I said. Yeah, well, sleep paralysis, again, uh, manifestations of that tend to occur around Indeed. That time. Or sleepwalking. Or sleepwalking. It's funny, you know, uh, your grandmother used to swear that I would get up when I was a little kid at uh, about 3 o'clock in the morning and turn on the lights. <laughs> Now, I have no memory of that. I've never had any other... Well, if you were sleepwalking, you wouldn't have any memory of that. Well, no, but I mean, I, no, nobody ever saw me sleepwalking. And uh, your mother has never accused me of sleepwalking, and nobody else has ever, in, the, in the, the service or in the seminary or anywhere else I've been over a very eventful life, mm. or the Warrens during case, never accused me of sleepwalking. So, I don't know, just the lights were found on. At around three in the morning, that's when they go. Could, there could be a lot of reasons for that. Maybe she was sure, just sure. maybe she was just messing with you and just decided to turn on the lights. No, grand, no, grandma didn't mess with me. <laughs> you know, you know your grandma. I know. <laughs> anyway, uh, here's uh, also uh, what else we got? Oh, a Lillian wrote in too. All right, uh, out of all the experiences I remember, UFO sightings, abductions, or whatever that white wisp was that was hanging out in my apartment, the only one I remember happening around three a.m. was watching a shadow move across. The room in my friend's uh, house in Pennsylvania. Most everything else happened between 10 p.m. and 1:30 a.m. Well, again, yeah, all these times are are susceptible. Any time, and again, I think it has a lot to do with where you are and what the geotechnic energies are. Yeah, that, that, that match up with what you're bringing to the. Well, as we say in our presentations, the whole world is haunted. Well, that's right. Yeah, the whole world it really is haunted. And John Keel said that. And ah, uh, uh, yes, John Keel. So uh, anyway, we are coming down here to. We are not coming down to a we're break. Not coming down to no, a break. we are not no, coming. No more breaks. We're coming down to the end of the show. Yeah, well, we only well, we have six minutes. Well, yeah, well, good. So I wanted to get into my final explanation here. You can you indeed can extrapolate upon that yourself. This telluric current uh, we've mentioned here and there during the show is an electric current that moves on or near the surface of the Earth and the sea. It moves toward the sun. Again, it's geomagnetically induced and has been well known to mainstream science since the middle of the 19th century. And I guess, as Ben was explaining before, it does have something to do with the Earth's magnetic field in this business. Now, in our experience, this can affect electromagnetic fields, thinning the world boundaries, which they can form, and allowing multiple worlds to blend, parallel worlds to, to blend. And voila, paranormal phenomena. That could even include interaction, including 
predator-prey interaction regarding these, uh, what folklore refers to as demons, what we call parasites. And, and I was just describing this case again in Bridgeport, Connecticut, where I saw these things at the, this hour of the morning, uh, when and where it occurs. Uh, what happens depends on which worlds overlap, ghosts, UFOs, the big guy. They all can happen around 3 a.m. and people have reported that to mm. us. Uh, there's uh, Any comments? Any comments so far? Yeah. Well, you see... Oh, there's a... No, actually, it's I can't like really... a window tapping experience. Oh, yeah, we never even got to that. No, we got about no, no, two no. minutes. We don't have two minutes. We have more... You see... Well, the, the, we'll have more time the more you, the quicker you start. <laughs> That's true. Alrighty. I just like pressing your button sometimes. Um, anyway, you. you're welcome. Keeps you young. But anyway, the, win uh, the window tapping experience that I had a few years ago... It hasn't happened for a while. Every so often, it flares back up again whenever I sleep on the couch in our living room. And I, I try to fall asleep. Usually it's 2 or 3 in the morning. And um, and uh, it's very interesting because I try to fall asleep. I'm always about to fall asleep. And then I hear tapping on the window and it wakes me up immediately. I go to look. I don't see anything there. And it's really very odd. And I remember um, you said that you went out the morning after this this whole thing happened when it was like really bad First one time, night. Yeah. Yep. And um, you said you found like these tracks. I found, found three-toed footprints under the... Oh no, actually, well, there were, were footprints under the bushes, under that window, that didn't look like anything I'd ever seen. Oh, yeah, I mean, it was... They, they, they look like... Foot, I mean, just to be perfectly honest, they look like footprints that have been described to me as belonging to greys, the, the, the most common alien manifestation people claim to see. Yeah, I mean, it was definitely different and strange and it hasn't happened for a while mostly because i don't sleep in yeah. my living room but our house is a very odd odd place well we live in a very strange place which we'll bring out a little bit in that documentary which we're filming this week we'll tell you where you can see that so in any case uh there is also the issue of geopathic stress that as a possible explanation for the devil's hour health problems caused by energies uh, can be caused by energies emitted by the earth believe it or not and if you sleep over what happens to be uh, sort of an underground stream or river, you might have trouble sleeping. And this is something we look for. We used to bring, till he translated, we used to bring our friend Joe Frisella with us sometimes on cases, or I did before Ben got involved. And Joe was a uh, hydrologist, soil engineer. And people would ask, oh, do you bring, don't you bring psychics on you? No, I bring soil engineers, electrical engineers like, like Dr. Everett Crispin, our good friend from University of Rhode Island, people of this caliber. And we have... Um, uh, he can tell what sort of soils are involved. And again, if you're sleeping near or, or over water, uh, waking up between 2 and 3 a.m. is very common and sometimes having experiences. But I think we'd probably better move on to our closing because that's just about all we have. So it's a wrap. We will, yeah, it is a wrap. And we will say that uh, we, we ask you to check out our website, BehindTheParanormal.com, and also uh, check out my books that I've uh, written several of them. And they are available on Barnes and Noble Look and the Amazon Kindle e readers. And because so many have requested it, we are about to embark on an audio book project for my books and for the one Ben and I are currently working on, which Indeed. we'll tell you as it develops. All right, so visit our websites where you can find over 500 free podcasts, and that's at BehindTheParanormal.com. You can also check out our website at www.NewEnglandGhosts.com, where there are case studies, photos, along with articles by my dad. And if you buy my books on either of those sites, you will help us keep those 500 podcasts free. And also on those sites, you'll find direct links to several charities that Ben and I have adopted, including USA Cares and Canadian Veterans Advocacy. All right. And so many thanks to our producer, 
Brandon Jackson, and we will see you next week when we will welcome back Nick Redfern for a look at what government, uh, governments know about bizarre creatures, otherwise known as cryptids. So send your questions to behind, uh, Ben at BehindTheParanormal.com or Paul at BehindTheParanormal.com and use the, or use the question form at BehindTheParanormal.com. They'll never forget that website. Nope, never. In the meantime, tune into our Boston Providence Drive Time Show on WON, 1240 AM, and onworldwide.com at 6 p.m. Eastern every Monday. And check out, again, those podcasts at BehindTheParanormal.com. We leave you this evening with a thought from 19th century Filipino author Jose Rizal. Quote, it is useless life that is not consecrated to a great ideal. I'm Paul Eno. And I'm Ben Eno. And thanks for joining us on our great cosmic journey, and we shall see you next time.